1: The sucker's going up. Wow, no, nice. please tell the camera, Okay, tell, so, tell the world
0: exactly so, what you've said. <laughs> so, I'm not superstitious, right, but then I said to Steve, every time I send a screenshot to him, the next day the stock goes down, <laughs> and weirdly enough, yesterday I sent it to him, but then I thought, shall I tell him that it's going to go down tomorrow because of this? And guess what? It's tanked. Well, not tanked, but it's gone down thirty percent.
1: What what stock is it? What stock's tanked?
0: It's the uh, big digital one. But then again, I'm okay because it's been up for what weeks and weeks. But yeah, yeah, it's it's, you, it's just funny. It's just too. Funny. I remember we were
1: talking about big digital, and you were like, "Oh yeah, it's going." I yes, like, oh, I'm so pissed I, that I didn't go for it. And just no, but I was talking to
0: you way before. No, I wouldn't say way before. I'd say it's quite a lot before. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So it was quite. It was in the um one 8 maybe i think it was 1.7 it was really
1: early i remember looking at you we're talking about big digital assets which is like um it's a gonna be a sort of data tracking system for bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies um it's just it's gone mental over the past probably month uh we've got at least 150 percent up, at least at least yeah oh my god me and zach were talking about it probably three or four podcasts ago uh, just after a podcast we just decided to have a little chat about it and oh man zach can sometimes see a stock coming from a million miles away and is, i i, I
0: think seen... on, that, on that particular day i sent you so many like links of um because what it's they're doing it, yeah. is they're trying
1: to chase after
0: regulatory license with the canadian government so yeah. they've been working two years with the canadian government so this is weird because it's an exchange as well they have an exchange a bit like coinbase yeah. Yeah. And um, they they are one of three now public uh, exchanges. So they have, there's another one called Voyager Digital, which is not on trading two and two. It's on uh, Interactive Broker and um, H and L, and now obviously Coinbase for today, which we'll get on in a bit. Um, yeah, so that's they...
1: um, B <clears throat> Big Digital Assets B I G G. Digital assets. Um, yeah, I think the train's left the station on that one for me right now. It's down <laughs> 30% today, like you said, but I think, oh my god, just another one where you go, oh, I'm sure I saw that stock coming, and then. It goes and absolutely takes off, and there's (coughs) been hundreds of them, but I'm just not willing to put my money into it. Speaking, though, sorry, I know you want to talk, Zach, but speaking, we've got to get straight on to today. Because today is the day that Coinbase has come out and gone IPO. Sorry, it hasn't gone IPO. It's gone direct listing, hasn't it? So it's not aiming to raise any particular capital from um, the direct listing. But it, it did. <laughs> it's, it really did today. So it went up to three hundred and forty. No, it's even higher than that. Four hundred and something. It went up to at some point. But now it's on its way down again. How much are you gonna pay for Coinbase? How much are you gonna pay?
0: D, uh, How much are you gonna pay? <laughs> you said a quote. Before. You said a well, number before.
1: Well, fifty is what it's worth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fifty. <laughs> yeah
0: so what's 50 different time do i mean 400 it was at 100 100 billion market cap right
1: yeah, yeah. it should be more like 20. yeah it it definitely hit a uh, hundred million at one point uh so the highest 425 it went to today oh my god who's yeah. buying Can that we, <laughs> who's buying it at 425 just just
0: point out the other two public exchanges are about maximum 3 billion market cap and they they're the Enormous uh, growth in them as well, but who are the two other publics? Uh, obviously, the Big Digital and Voyager. Voyager Digital. Um, yeah. So these these three are going to be like hot names at the moment because of how volatile they are. You're not but,
2: counting backed and Etoro, in that, I suppose they both kind of uh, come live oh, recently. Then, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I would I don't. Know. For, for some reason, I don't put Etoro in the same category as these guys.
1: Is because e-Toro these guys are live yet. Etoro is still going through. SPAC, is it a spec yeah, so
3: yeah.
2: it's BAKT, like it but I think yeah. BAKT is live now, B-A-K-K-T, I think it is. Okay. Oh,
1: well, so I've not heard so that enough. They're just waiting on merger for that one, but yeah, i put eToro in there. It definitely isn't the best out of the lot. It's uh, much more of a trading platform, I think, but yeah, i definitely put eToro into Exchange because you can definitely buy the underlying asset, and I've done it. I've traded out Bitcoin and Ethereum. It costs a lot of money. It does cost a lot of money. They are really rinsing people, but I think they're all are. Um, I think Coinbase rinses a lot of people through fees and uh, I, I don't know too much about Binance and Kraken, but they're not public, so we can't really I think
0: Kraken wants anymore. to go public, I think, uh, yeah. soon.
1: And Gemini
2: uh, as well, doesn't it? I think Gemini is on the lookout for a SPAC or something somewhere.
0: I think they're just waiting on where, to see where Coinbase sells. I mean, I think everyone is. I think even the etfs the bitcoin etfs that are looking to come up now um they're looking to buy exchanges so we we have no idea which ones they're going to buy um, yet but they will be keeping
1: on coinbase coinbase um, man 100 billion and uh, yeah it was a, went to 100 billion right uh, just what are you thinking it's I'm, it can't possibly be worth that much money I the, right. <laughs> well saying I'm, that I'm bitcoin's a, co- a trillion right bitcoin's way gone past a trillion now and probably going up much higher so maybe and maybe there's going to be a lot of transactions going on on coinbase i just it's just too much right now we're too early to the party and to be fair it's back down you know as of nine o'clock so i think markets have closed now Yep. yeah so let's see where it finished on the day coinbase finished at three to eight on the day so somebody bought that poor bastard at four to five and ended the day at three to eight uh, over a over hundred dollars down oh my god i'm
0: just on uh stock tweets right and i think everyone's just going mental they're just like to the moon with rocket symbols with bearish um sentiment <laughs> that <laughs> there's so much going on oh man I don't, I don't know
2: I just don't get it I just think the first sort of like commission free exchange that comes on eats eats up most of the business doesn't it I think that the vast majority of Coinbase's business is fee driven and nobody likes fees and crypto certainly there's no reason for there to be fees other than that it's, the business needs to exist um, it's going to
1: be very hard to make money out of crypto businesses without fees i mean you could stake somehow or you could contribute it towards so like you could lend it maybe you could start Ooh. to lend out ether to different um, DApps or something there are some are paying interest ads.
0: i think Good uh one. voyager voyager digital they're paying out uh, i think interest i think eight percent or something crazy so they, they are it, trying to entice people to kind of get on oh platform. yeah the
1: interest on staking coins at the moment is unbelievable it's i think you can get 12 percent on bitcoin at the moment which is crazy crazy uh staking power but um you've got to hold it for a year <laughs> you've got to you got to hold it and as soon as the price comes back down which it will it's going to get exuberant in the next couple of months it's going to get yeah, really exuberant I don't, in yeah term. exactly i
0: don't see it doing uh what most well dividend companies do where the price goes down and the interest i mean the dividend goes up i think this is just going to be a flat fee of eight percent or whatever twelve percent you said whether it's at ten dollar per per bitcoin
3: so um, okay maybe so... with uh just thinking of the kind of phase thing for a moment i mean Maybe with someone like 212 or something like that, the idea is that fee-free kind of crypto trading comes in as a kind of hook to get someone onto a platform. So somewhere like 212 offers it without a fee with a view to then trying to make more money by getting more people onto their CFD platform. I get the thought that you couldn't (laughs) run a pure play crypto thing without charging fees because where would you make any money? Uh, But I guess maybe the idea is it becomes fee-free by having someone operate it as kind of part of a a larger operation that makes its money elsewhere
1: yeah it depends you could you could lend it out but you're sort of getting into a bit of a dodgy area there because a lot of people want to buy their crypto and own it essentially if you don't own the keys or you don't own the code you don't own it and uh, I, that doesn't bother me at all that really doesn't bother me uh, i've got a contractual agreement with a company and they should uh, live up to that and you know it's a risk i'm taking so i'm not i'm not actually that bothered about owning my bitcoin at the moment because it's the same as owning my gold because i do put gold and bitcoin in pretty much the same basket at the moment um yeah uh, 212 is an odd one trading 212 is an odd one because there's very very early interviews with the old ceo who was called someone reminds me what he was called ashimov like, ashimov yeah Um, there was a very old interview with him and they were very very big on crypto at the time they were the ones they said people are busy with crypto we want to take crypto on board and I've never understood why they haven't actually gone down that route because now they're pretty late to the party if they did personally want to go for crypto um, trading 212 they tried the um, derivatives but um, that got banned I thought they could have done it Uh, but then again train two is very much a shell of a company, really, isn't it? It's just an interface. It's a glorified interface. And then IBKR are doing most of the work in the background by the sounds of things. And maybe they just didn't have the infrastructure to start up a cold wallet storage, so they have to buy your underlying asset, then they need to store it somewhere, it needs to be safe, secure, unhackable, all that sort of thing. Uh, maybe that's what they're, they were thinking. And eToro have just gone for that next next uh place and they've they've really benefited of it trust me etoro are uh, are really benefiting off this bitcoin run right now I okay we've talked ra- a lot about bitcoin that's i don't want to go on don't want to keep you around too much on that one what i want to get on is earnings week because earnings season has begun officially today with the banks leading the charge uh, Goldman Sachs released its earnings today and most importantly for me um, Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan have released their uh, earnings today and everything was good estimates were up ridiculous I think uh, JPM was $4 instead of $3 uh, per earnings per share and it had something like 10 billion extra revenue sorry these are off the top of my head but the, the Earning, the actual earnings versus the estimated earnings were absolutely huge. Is this a good sign going forwards? Is earnings week gonna be pretty good?
3: No. Um <laughs> here's why. Uh I mean you're dead right. The earnings was a massive beat for JP Morgan. It was the same for Wells Fargo who came out later as well. So JP Morgan reported four fifty as opposed to three oh five 05 uh, per share. Uh, Wells Fargo reported one oh five as opposed to 0.69. Um, estimate. The reason, as kind of a few people have pointed out, is that this is because there's been a lot of reserve releasing uh, going on. So banks have been holding back a lot of money because they've been required to, to cover potential loan defaults. Um, Central US banks have said, uh, look, you can let some of that out. That's coming out in the forms of earnings that are bringing them back to the kind of levels they were at pre-pandemic. People like to think of the kind of banks as a decent barometer for what's going to happen in the general kind of earnings season that's part of the reason they're at the start people look at them and think well look things are clearly going all right in the economy i'm expecting good things from other companies as well or at least ones that are exposed to the general economy in this case though with it being such a kind of special event that's caused them to go way beyond their things i mean i wonder that if you sort of screen out that particular uh, reserve releasing which is kind of distinctive to banks apart from that they're kind of more on their numbers rather than smashing their numbers as far as i can see
1: yeah so uh, just to reiterate that so the um, banks are required to hold back a lot of reserves after the 2008 crisis they were forced to basically be able to prove that they can that they can remain stable in the event of a crisis and i think they have to have enough cash going forward to plan for nine quarters see the six quarters or nine quarters And that has meant that they have to hold a lot of reserves. It's their own fault because they fucked up during the 2008 crisis. And now they have to keep a bit behind. Now, when a new crisis comes along during the pandemic, it meant that the Fed came in. uh, Just correct me if I'm wrong. But the Fed came in and said, no, we need a little bit more from you. We need you to prove that you can do the nine quarters. But we also need a little bit more from you because you're going to have a lot of houses defaulting. You're going to have a lot of loans and business loans defaulting. So you need to prove that you've got this coming. And uh, now pandi- pandemic's over. There's a ray of sunshine going out. That's one thing I wanted to ask you guys, actually, because uh, in the UK, we've now um, uh, lockdown is close to ending. Has, has anyone been to a pub yet? No, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen lots
0: of people at work who've just been so excited this past week. <laughs> um but yesterday i think was it Did, did we open officially yesterday is it yesterday i think it was monday monday, monday. oh monday, monday was in yeah, yeah, yeah there's a there's a, beer, a popular pug pub, pub, pub i um, drive past and it was absolutely heaving and then yesterday it it went about half and then today it was about a quarter <laughs> so it was like
2: all that it, it, it was just someone just... Uh, someone at another branch uh that that I, another branch of the one I work at took Monday off to go to the pub.
1: <laughs> True. Well, <coughs> I, I was working on that Monday it opened, and I was dreading it. I only saw two fights, so uh, good on you, UK. You've done really well there. You <laughs> didn't absolutely ruin my day. Well, <laughs> and to be fair, there wasn't that much alcohol-related stuff, so they did well on the first day. I did see a lot of people outside, but has anyone done anything else? Because I did want to ask you if you had all got, been to a pub, but... I don't think, I mean, I can't say Zach's ever going to go to a pub, really, <laughs> no. um, with Ramadan starting and everything like that, so uh, <laughs> I can't see him go, but I don't think he, you guys, he, he, Steve W might, he looks like a bit of an alcoholic, maybe. But um,
3: I'm going to the pub on Saturday, uh, so I'm also oh, getting yeah. married on Saturday, and then we're going to go to the pub afterwards, because the place oh, hey. where we're supposed to be having our reception has kind of had to cancel, because they're a museum and they're not allowed to reopen, so they can't run the reception. So we're having a sort of short afternoon tea thing, and then we've just said we're all going to go to the pub afterwards. Oh, that's, uh, and we've made that, some that
1: sounds like a dream to me, mate. That sounds yeah, like does, an absolute dream. Getting married is a waste of money. <laughs> well, not, getting, not getting married, having a wedding is a waste of money. In my opinion, I'm very opinionated about What he this.
2: means is have a lovely day, Steve.
1: I hope you enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just go get married, go to the pub save your money invest it all in jp morgan we'll get back onto <laughs> earnings week now <laughs> but yeah uh lockdown's ended in the uk uh things are starting to look up the us isn't doing so badly either i think coronavirus cases are coming down quite heavily in the us johnson and johnson uh got f- uh, the vaccine got frozen by the fda so there might be a bit of an issue like spooky in a few of the uh things now i think even on that news stocks like peloton and uh, a couple of the other stay-at-home stocks had a little push up i think i was just listening to jim kramer on that one i think i saw a jim kramer <laughs> episode so like maybe maybe that's absolute crap I've, but I've... um what are we looking forward to next week as far as earnings reports go is anyone seeing anything pretty good i'm
3: not sure when they report but i'm quite excited to see peloton this kind of uh, season it feels to me like they really need to report something encouraging because they've just had a big long lockdown uh this is the time where i think a lot of people forecast that their bikes might start getting turned into clothes airing units and their kind of revenues and sales might drop off and so on they even found ways to kind of finance bikes out to people beforehand it feels like kind of they've just had pretty much every tailwind that a company like that could have time for some earnings to come through well
1: that was another one actually i was driving past a lot of gyms and i've never seen gym car parks so full you know like pure gyms and stuff like that people, they were so full i was like that ain't gonna last very long nah um, people go gyms like, in the morning it looks morning. like january 1st out there it really does so are people getting this new lease of life for their gym and they're gonna sack off the peloton now or they're gonna sack off the home bike sack off the home running machine i know zach's got a home running machine are you sacking that off zach, zach? the royal
0: the Roy machine yeah. No, my other half has asked me, when's the last time you used it? I go, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I only sorry. used it once, like I did with I my am... spinning bike two years ago. <laughs>
3: I, I, not... I sold
2: my treadmill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard to believe I even had one. But I uh, I sold it. Basically, this this guy, just a quick story, he came around on Gumtree and I had it on for 250 quid. And he sort of came around, he was like, I want to see it working. So I was like, yeah, all right, mate. So I thought, I don't even remember how to turn it on. See, it so I, I sort of turned it on, and I was like, "Yeah, like here, you go." And he just sort of run on it, mate. And he was like, <laughs> He's like "Oh yeah, yeah. give and me one hour." Like, and he was like, "You run on he it." He was like, "Are you taking? Are you taking offers?" I was like, "Well, it's two hundred and fifty quid, and like, I'll take an offer." Do you know what I mean? I'll see what he offers me. I was thinking he'd probably offer me like one hundred and fifty or something like that. He said, "Would you take two hundred and forty? i was like <laughs> i was like God. yeah sure mate sure and he went oh yeah yeah cool yeah but he'd already like separated the 240 and oh, the yeah, 10, 10 just in case there's oh, oh, no, in his pocket
0: <laughs> oh i, I thought he's gonna basically ask you can i just have a go out for one, one one hour whilst you're just
1: away <laughs> <laughs> yeah we well, go make me a drink <laughs> playing hardball man playing hardball <laughs> yeah.
0: well what did i do right i bought um one of those heartbeat chest traps just just so like to kind of motivate me to get back into my first session rubber wing. But no, I just put the battery thing in and that's it. <laughs> and
1: this is my problem with Peloton. This I'm gonna tell. You, this is my problem with Peloton. I've said it over and over again. You're just buying a really expensive washing era or a coat hanger or something. I I truly believe that that at the current at current valuation that's what you're buying. I think. You've, you're buying someone you've, you're buying a lot of people that have been tricked into thinking they're going to work out long term and it's just the history of this uh industry is it just shows you it, it's easy to see that the people don't keep this stuff up these things are massive in your house they'd be much the space that's taking up uh, that a Peloton is taking up in your house could be much better used to put a TV there or something nice. Um, I'm sorry, I don't see tele- Pe- Peloton. Luckily, just further,
2: as a no. side note, because I, I know that there has to be someone defending Peloton here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Peloton actually give investors that metric so you'll be able to see it happening. I think they call it uh, it's time sessions per week or something like that. They break it down yeah. when they do their reports. And their last report was still saying that people were doing 20 hours of Pelotonage a week. Oh, a month. 20 Maybe hours in a month. Might have been a month. But that's yeah. still quite a lot of... That's still quite a lot of biking, I, I, I think. I haven't probably no done 20 hours of biking since get. I was 15.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got no doubt that you're going to get those avid users that are going to still use it. And they're going to, you know... I mean, they are paid for it. They're going to have to yeah. fucking use it. Um, but I think that the majority... I, I, it, obviously, you need to see when their earnings come out how many people are still using it rather you know how many active users there are per month what the churn rate is at the moment because I can see that churn rate going up I really can I can really see them losing a bit of custom I'm just seeing
0: on their website the guy that runs the you know the uh, spreadsheet for all that data that Steve's Steve's on about is Parik Parik Patel (laughs) just to imagine right like they've got just some random people just putting numbers in every month projections <laughs> next month we'll have so and so number of hours on peloton bikes but you know what i was gonna say right you know putting my uh marketing cap on it's not even an impulse purchase because you know like how people say oh yeah we can do with it right like you know we yeah there's, there's gonna come a time where we're gonna jump on a bike even if it's three years away because it's so expensive, it's not really classed as an impulse purchase. Because impulse, yeah, purchase, are, cause impulse purchase are like, say, for example, you go to the corner shop and you decide on a, a Mars bar. You don't think about it. You just grab it and put it on the on the counter. So yeah. I don't really know. I don't know. I think people were really kind of invested in the idea that they were
1: going to... Now it's one of those... I'll use that purchases. I, I don't. You must, in the market, in, market, industry, know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's one of those. Oh yeah, we need that. Yeah, it's a purchase. lifestyle,
2: isn't it? They're selling the lifestyle yeah. of. There's never a Peloton like set up in like the corner of like a dirty ass flat with like sig butts on the floor or anything like that. It's always set up in this beautiful, oh, no. beautiful townhouse over, overlooking like.
1: Now. No, but never in the marketing. You are wrong. I, well, go on, no, then. <laughs> I, I saw one. I saw Stayed one. Stick your case. And it was covered in clothes. I saw well, one. On Peloton yeah. tweeted it out. No, no. Like, I, I went round someone's house. Obviously, this is work-related, but, like, I went round someone's house, and they had a freaking Peloton in there. They were like, yo, I got it off of me. I'm like, yeah, but I'm thinking, like, the marketing-wise,
2: cool. because they're trying to sell you the lifestyle of it, so it's always, like, beautiful, yeah. it's in, like, a cityscape or a countryside, and you know, it's like well, we've got this like three million pound townhouse. Better put a peloton in the corner. On the man. road, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You on the it's road? It's
1: the exercise equivalent of a Soda Stream. That's all it is. It's just the exercise equivalent of a Soda Stream. It's a thing that you're going to buy and go. Oh yeah, we'll use that. And then half a year down, I've got a freaking Soda Stream in my cupboard right now. That's- I will oh. say the slow cooker gets used. The slow cooker gets used. That was no. another one I almost put. In. I have a, the slow cooker I have a f- does get used every day. Well, every. What about your toasting machine? yeah pretty much every day yeah oh, so i chop a few carrots in there you can make a you can make a, um, a breakfast in a slow cooker you can make a full English <coughs> breakfast in there. I think I fell so into
0: it... this trap as well you know because I bought um, a concept too and it's considered the whole grail of uh, rowing machines yeah they're really good and then, and then when my dad comes over he's like have you used your rowing machine yet Cause, <laughs> because that is a concept too you don't need to use it just there ornament. i, I bought it for my instagram page <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: no he, he honestly he gets wound up because he's like why did you buy the most expensive one when you're not even gonna use it
1: oh man <laughs> i i'm doing the same i'm looking at new bikes because lots of people are on the internet have been saying you should buy a new bike you should buy a new bike and i can't can't justify it because i don't know if i'm gonna keep up this cycling thing but then do like two hours a day at the moment but, i'm loving it i'm, do, I'm enjoying it
0: do you know because obviously because well. i mentioned price earlier on right i think you know the case is you know if you're gonna buy it you're gonna buy it once and if you're gonna buy it once you're gonna have to
1: buy the best one or the other yeah the really but, good ones peloton peloton is not that and, I, and i've got another a JT, um, another comparison with SodaStream here because SodaStream considers itself as a recurring revenue business as well because you need to keep buying those cans you need to keep buying those um the CO2 cans, and they're so expensive. They're so pointless. And Peloton has got the same idea. You need to keep doing that thing. It's not a one-time purchase. A Peloton is not a one-time purchase. You have to keep buying the subscription. So I don't think, I I, I don't believe in the business model. I'm gonna let, I'll get a lot of hate on the internet for this, but I don't believe in the business model of Peloton. However, (laughs) I do for uh, Beachbody, by the way. (laughs) Beachbody!
2: This is the same model, just without the bike. Yeah, no. The, di- the, the di- run right the on the
0: spot. Is- Paul, Paul pumping beach body this week. The, <laughs> the difference, and the difference
1: is the valuation. It, I, I believe. Sorry, I, I should, and I need to always clarify this because people get this wrong about me sometimes with companies like Square and Tesla. That I do, I do believe in the business model. I understand the business totally. I don't understand the valuation, and I think Peloton isn't. Is a good business. I think it has, it has that whole Apple vibe, and that's going to be where Peloton goes. I've got no doubt about that. Once Peloton starts coming down in price, it reverts to the mean somewhat. Apple will jump in there and just buy it, or Google. I think Google is the one that's going to buy it. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I do believe in the business. I just see uh, the negatives of it, and I don't believe the valuation represents what it should be right now. And and that's it. It's, It's not a bearish stance as such. I suppose it is in its totality, but it's it's not on the company. I don't think the company's going to die. I think that it's vastly it's overvalued right? for what yeah. the product is. Yeah. Quick it's question. Uh,
0: say if COVID never happened, do you think Peloton would have been up here? No.
1: Well, wherever it not, is. not at the valuations it is, but neither would Zoom, neither would Dropbox, neither would... Any of the stay-at-home stocks, as it were, they they'd be doing well. I think Dropbox would be doing better than it is right now, actually, because it wouldn't be compared so much to the to the other stocks. Uh, I do quite like Dropbox as a stock, but uh, it's it's missing a few key features it's got a lot of competition hasn't it so yeah that's uh, point kind of
3: brings us back to where i was on peloton i mean he's right i think if covid hadn't happened then peloton wouldn't be anywhere near it where it is but it did happen and it is where it is so it's now time what i'm looking for here is for peloton to really show that they've made the most of that kind of opportunity that got handed to them in a business sense
1: yeah, I mean, uh, okay, so just because we haven't planned this, uh, just anything next week, Peloton, uh, that's got to be in a couple of weeks, isn't it? But um, anything next week you guys are looking for to get some good earnings? Anything off the top of your head?
2: I'm just going to have a quick scoot because I'm not sure if next year is next week, um, uh. but I'm fairly certain it is. I'm just going to check stock
1: events. Well, for me, I, I'll talk about AT&T because I know AT&T is next week, Um Legend. I want to see. I want to see some subscription numbers. That's what I want to see. I want to see some better subscription numbers, and that's that'll does, be the day for it. Does uh,
0: AT&T own HBO? Yes. Does yeah. it? Poor. Oh, I watched Godzilla. It was absolutely mental. <laughs> I think. I think. AT&T buy the stock.
1: Buy the stock. <laughs> Nobody wants to buy the stock.
2: <laughs> New price target, I $30 I think it's
1: actually I think it's just come down under $30 Now for oh. the first time in about a month Do you mean Which home? Is,
0: yeah. Well we need to publish this <laughs> and then that's how people are going to find out It's going to be my PT of 30 so,
2: I did have a look, Next era is Reporting next week, I think that's one that I don't think Paul holds But I think Steve no. and I hold so, oh, I was too late this is a super, super huge green renewable and and sometimes not so renewable um, <clears throat> utility in a in America. Who had a sort of rough? Would you describe it as a rough year last year, Steve? It wasn't the best year for them, was it? it? It was it was a year where their growth stopped essentially. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting was- to see how hit
1: how the pandemic pandemic hit them and and how they come back from it. What was the reason for that stop, just out of interest? Because I I, I was too late to the party on next era, so I just stopped uh, looking at it. Well, there's a few kind of considerations. I guess one,
3: yeah. So one consideration is the way they've generally done very well is by buying other utilities and running their infrastructure better than they can. Um, And as a utility, what they do is they apply to earn a certain amount on the kind of assets that they have from a regulator. And because they provide a much better service than anyone else, like anyone they're taking over, the regulators let them have a slightly better return, which makes them kind of attractive. And a lot of their stuff is renewable and so on. But they've recently been, I guess, failing uh, to try and acquire more things. They had a bash at buying Duke Energy, which was rejected by Duke, I think. Um, And that didn't help them. They, in general, were looking around for kind of deals all over the place, but there is a sense in which it feels like they kind of need to add a bit on to their company to keep themselves ahead in this kind of
2: situation. Sorry, back to you. Steve. That, that's it now, isn't it? It's because like, they've got to such a size. I think Paul will probably be able to pull up the market cap faster than me, but they've got to such a size now where the sort of acquisitions that we're pushing them on look rather piddly. Um, so they were they sort of one, two, five, ten billion five, 10 billion acquisitions that they were making and, and not, really making much of a dent in the sort of company's growth. So the move to go for Duke seemed like it would probably be a good move. I think off the top of it, it was a $40 billion acquisition, and that would have yeah, moved the needle was, with them. Yeah. And they probably have the potential to go into Duke and do what they've done everywhere, which is revitalize the uh, the business and, and just run it better. Um, I've got, got it, a
1: feeling Duke have got their own plans, though, haven't they? They're going into their own... Um... Uh, clean energy space. So they they all are
2: out there now. So Duke, Dominion, yeah. even Berkshire halfway Energy is big on big on green and infrastructure. I think everybody's yeah. going down the same route. So a period of consolidation, if it's allowed, would be would be welcome. Mm. Uh,
1: 151 billion market cap, yeah. P of 40 right now. Wow, which, that's which is that's large for a utility company.
2: That's yeah, nice. well, the thing is, is that they were backing it up by having big revenue growth. Um, for mm. a utility, but the issue now is that you'll see twenty nineteen to twenty twenty was fairly level, um, mainly because they couldn't get the acquisitions over the line, and, and mainly because they couldn't get the infrastructure finished because because of coronavirus and because of the Texas
1: wind and what have you and all the other crap. So, yeah, I'm just looking through uh, my little app. Uh, does it? Do any of you use Genuine Impact the app? just out of interest i did not for anything steve told me about ages ago yes if you'd I'm like not, not, to sponsor us <laughs> I, 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 i'm not pu- i'm not pushing it this week like we but are sponsored one by. thing one thing that i found really cool and i've only just discovered it they might have only just released it in the past couple of months but basically uh i can just everything that's in my portfolio or my watch list it just tells me when their next dividend date is their ex-dividend date and their earnings reports so this is this is actually really helpful for me now so i could just list these out because uh so it's got jp morgan today uh pepsi tomorrow oh pepsi tomorrow that could be interesting um what else are we oh, got next week's... <laughs> coca-cola the day after yeah through. johnson and johnson next week interesting one that'd be good ex-dividend date for lenarco cool. that's going to be good and april 22nd is at t Oh, Intel. Who's in Intel still? Are Ooh. you guys in Intel? No. No, no, I'm Ooh, out you... of
3: Intel, but it's doing its best to make its way back to the number that I sold it at, uh, which is <laughs> yeah, 62. That's,
2: um, that's
1: pretty good. Where's Swift? Uh,
2: When's Swift's Brist-
1: earnings? Bristol Myers. Uh, this is this is going to be really boring for the podcast while I scroll through. Scroll I found it.
2: 29th. Yeah. stuck beats genuine impact.
1: 29th is a big day, though. There's a lot of reporting earnings on the 29th. In yeah. fact, I haven't got Bristol-Myers Squibber here on the 29th, so that means that uh, I haven't so got it in my run. watch list right now. Yeah, I've done that wrong, haven't I?
0: For okay. all our uh, small micro crap investors, but, yes, they're talking uh, about
1: for me, uh, HBO Max is doing really well on, uh, or it was, and they increased their subscribers on AT&T, so AT&T is the one I'm looking forward to. To right now i think it's only just gone down because it's ex-dividend date must have been very recent as well or at least have they it's, sold direct
2: tv yet
1: yes they so. uh the initials gone through at least but they barely did they barely sold any of it i think they still own a significant amount of it uh top of my head couldn't tell you but i do know that it got valued at oh man 14 billion so they're going, to, they're, go, they're going to get they're going to get I oh, know it's it's a significant drop in valuation. Um, they're gonna they're gonna pay off a lot of debt with that. I think they get to they've actually AT and T have loaded Directv with debt, so they've sold it with a lot of AT and T's debt. <laughs> I think it's about eight eight billion. I think it I big think just gone. Here's here's eight billion of debt, and uh, we'll see you. we'll see you when you when we see you. And then I think they paid. think they got paid cash eight billion as well. So all that's going down to debt. Personally, I'd like to see some share buybacks from them because um that would actually be quite advantageous for them. I think they would get a lot more shareholder return out of a couple of share buybacks rather than paying off that debt because they can pay the debt. I've been through it. I I, oh you should see you should see the the debt um slide that they have on their ten K well on their website. Uh, it's it's huge they're very open about their debt but it is very very huge we'll move on from AT&T now because I can keep talking about that all day um, you guys are going to leave me to it now because um, Steve W and Steve D wanted to talk about process so I'll let them talk about process shall we um, can someone please explain to me exactly what process does because I've seen it in the past but I've never really uh, watched it as a, as a proper stock before
3: yeah it doesn't do an awful lot to be honest the most interesting thing it's done recently is sell quite a big old lump of tencent um which is the chinese uh tech conglomerate basically i, I think think. That's the best way of putting it yeah um and they sold two percent of tencent for 14.7 billion uh which is the world's largest block trade so if you were looking at tencent last week like i was And wondering what was going on with that share price it's because Process had unloaded a sort of substantial amount of that. They still own about twenty nine percent of.
1: Just, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. just stop there. Is Process an investment company? Is that what it is?
2: Yeah. So if I guess, what there's sort of two two things I would compare it to. It's sort of like like a Berkshire Hathaway, like also like a SoftBank, is how I would sort of compare it. So they're they're um they they were originally a south african company called um, naspers and naspers grew because they bought tencent back in 2001 for 32 million um that 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 was nearly 50% of tencent at the time so you can imagine how much naspers grew and grew and grew over time it got so big that they took up nearly the whole of the um south african index so they basically got told to split off process and go and list it somewhere else because it's just, it's just it was just unfeasible i think it was it was as high as 80 even 70 or 80 percent of the index so it was crazy so they split process off they listed it on the amsterdam exchange gave it a big wedge of money and said you know go and start acquiring um bits and pieces and um you know and, and build your own little portfolio tencent in its entirety i think went with process um so they've been slowly getting that you know to release basically to release some cash they've been selling off bits and bobs of equity but this was this was a big trade um process still owns nearly 30 percent of tencent um but it also owns really big companies like delivery hero and um, code academy which some of the younger listeners may have come across um udemy which is another sort of learning um sort of platform which you know Coursera only went live this week and that's got a pretty hefty valuation on it as well. So, you know, Udemy has probably got some decent capital behind it. But now they've got this big wedge of cash. It's about process going out and buying something good. Um, last year, the, it's hard to... Exactly. That
1: big buy, buy at the moment, a good valuation, because what did they What did they buy uh, 10 cent at? I mean, did you say it was like...
2: T- $32 million they paid for Tencent, this is 10 cent. 50% of 10 This is mental. Like well, their net asset value of ten cent alone, I think, is twice the net uh, their current net uh, market cap, roughly. Um, So Steve will say, you know, sum of parts, (laughs) probably not worth. But
1: so ten cents current market cap is about seven four seven. Oh god,
0: this is so so they own all the little Call of Duties and all sorts. Seventy-three billion.
1: Seventy-three billion. Dollars okay, uh, US dollars that is 73 billion US dollars, and you're saying that they bought it at three 32 yep. billion? so they made a big big buy there. And they own currently own 30 percent of Tencent. Tencent is the big story of it, and but it's this it's similar to the SM SMT uh story of Tesla, you know, they got in Tesla really early, so it's SMT's Tesla, it's um <laughs> Arc Invest Tesla, it's probably Berkshire Hathaway's Apple. Uh, that's the that's the ten cent. Yeah, a little
3: bit. Although unlike those, in cases like Arc or Berkshire or somewhere else, I mean those companies, the kind of holding companies, Berkshire and Arc and so on, are valued higher than their stake in Apple or Tesla or whatever. In the case of Process, people don't seem to like this management very much, or they don't like something about it because the entire thing is worth less than their ten cent stake, as Steve was saying by quite some way. And you have to really not be confident in the management to think. I don't even trust you to manage the things that you've already got. Uh, It's one thing to think, I don't trust you to go out and make really good acquisitions in a market that is hard, where everything is priced quite high, especially in a kind of techie sector. It's another thing to think, well, I'm not even going to give you what your process thing, uh, your um, 10 cent stake is worth. And process have been trying buybacks and stuff like that since like last October to try and push their share to somewhere near their kind of 10 cent value even and get that sort of thing. But um it's it's really quite strange or at least it's the only time i've seen something quite that obvious where something's so obviously undervalued compared to its parts right i mean there's cases where it's difficult because the parts are hard to value and it's hard to add them all up and work out how they fit together but this is just a straightforward instance of look you have a 10 cent stake that's currently worth this it has to fall a long way until it even gets to your market cap plus a load of other stuff that's basically moonshots that steve was mentioning uh this is kind of unusual to me
1: and you think that's a management thing, or you know, is it just because it's on the Amsterdam Exchange and no one's looking? there?
2: You've got to remember that they're, they're trying to improve that. They are trying to do better. Um, they tried to buy Just Eat last year. That was, if you remember, the the, the battle was between Process and with Takeaway. com. So they they are trying to buy businesses. It's just that they all they seem late to the party, or they have the wrong offer. Or something's not happening with the deals, and I think that's drained quite a bit of investor confidence in them. But if you wanted a way to get ten cent in your ISA, I don't think there's a better way of getting it at the moment than than process. But you've got to factor in the risks of that. Hey, it could do nothing. I mean, they they could just this just could carry on forever if they can't get deals across the line. The beauty. It hasn't got that head. No,
1: it hasn't got that sort of like in, in, you know the Warren Buffett yeah. name, the Kathy Wood name. It needs that. It needs that Elon Musk sort of touch to it, doesn't it?
0: Jeff Jeff Bezos is free. <laughs> so is Bill Huang.
1: I cast him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go for Bill Yeah, Bill Huang has got not got a lot to do. So it's actually from its IPO process is only up twenty eight percent, and I think ten cents so. up. Even
2: quite 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 considerably more than that over the same period. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. So the, uh, what they're looking at at the moment is they they've got to focus on Indian businesses at the moment. That's one of the things that they've come out and like you said that they're quite interested in. So they may they may find something. Um, they may find something there, and it, I, I still think it's a real shame that um, Nasba's just to show you another business that they held at the same time was Flipkart, which is um, India's biggest e-commerce um, platform and they actually sold that to Walmart so Naspers could have spun off Flipkart and Tencent and, and ended up with Process being this absolute monster but they decided to sell it but I think they only sold it for $16 billion. I think Flipkart's last valuation was nearer 60 So you know there is some history in that company of making good acquisitions and I, I feel it feels tough to judge them on 20 acquisitions and only one coming really, really good when it came as good as Tencent
1: did. Why have they chosen India just out of in- interest or is that just you, you sort of speculated? It was just
2: something that they said that that was an area that they thought that they could make some really good acquisitions and improve infrastructure and you know rapidly get the e-commerce sector going. There's quite a few payments. Uh, platforms out in india as well that they're looking at so you, you know i think that's just where they they seem to have um so sort of he really wants to get good value for his acquisitions i think that's that's the that's the key and in a quite overvalued market you do tend to look further afield to to find your value and i think that's just what they're doing
1: well if you're trusting all the uh valuation murmurs that are out there all the value investor murmurs Uh, EM markets is where it's going emerging markets is where the next money is going to be made China, India uh, Russia Hmm. is a big one I think or at least the Slavic Slavic? Yes, I'll go with Slavic Slavic (laughs) nations Um, (laughs) yeah, so emerging markets seems to be a good thing and and a big thing for me is that China and India haven't done as much uh, quantitative easing as say the western countries have, so I feel that it, me personally, I'm taking the Stanley Druckenmiller view here, and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about him uh on this, on this podcast before, but I'm taking that view again that they haven't done as much quantitative easing, they haven't done as much stimulus, so they are not borrowing off their future growth, and that could be a big thing for emerging markets. I'm actually looking through uh, the JPM Guide to the Markets at the moment because I want to do a bit of a video on it this week. It's going to include be included into a lot of that and it seems that jamie diamond and jpm are also looking very closely at emerging markets right now emerging markets has really outperformed the benchmark uh indexes for quite some years as well it, that was very interesting to see uh, for the last 20 years emerging markets indexes have uh, outperformed quite heavily so i'm i'm keen i'm keen on emerging markets and i'm I'm going to take a good serious look at process, actually because uh seeing what it's done since it uh since its inception or at least you know maybe a lot of it has uh it it's, it's suffered a little bit since it's moved to the Amsterdam exchange um maybe there's something there I need to have a good good look hard look at that and see what I can value that at because uh you've got to look at NAV haven't you with this just uh, yeah. when you're looking yeah. into this co- company you're not looking at you know p ratios and uh, you know earnings reports and stuff like that. you want to look at the net asset value you want to know the sum of all this <laughs> company's parts so it owns all of these businesses which are worth all of these things and then is the market cap related to that uh, and i think uh, the way you guys have been talking today the market cap is quite considerably under yeah. the full valuation of the sum of its parts (laughs) everything that it owns it's worth a lot i mean that might
3: be true it depends on how you value all of its little things but i mean the basic point is unless you attach a massive negative number to those then yeah um it's 10 cent thing by itself should carry it i mean if you think if you think south african auto trader and udemy and everything else is worth sort of minus about 30 billion or so then, then you would get to somewhere near close to the
0: parts again but sorry go on zach I was going to say do they use leverage to buy some companies?
2: They don't. They tend to sell stakes to to buy. They're pretty much cash rich at the moment. Yeah, they have um, basically so, got no debt from what I can see of it. They sold Yeah, the 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 charts on yeah, 2% of 15 billion. Yeah. 10% well, 10%, yeah.
1: Yeah, for 15 billion. So, uh so they've got they've got a bit of cash to go elsewhere. It's not Berkshire Hathaway level cash, we might have to point out because that's something like 100 and, 50 billion something like that. And um, but it it is it is a good chunk to buy something at a low and cheap valuation. So that's that's a very interesting one. Um I tell you what, we'll stick on China and we'll try and do We've been very stock heavy today, haven't we? Yeah, this is a this is a new a new direction. We didn't plan on it going in this direction, but we have just started <laughs> talking about stocks a lot. I just want to slide in Alibaba because uh, Alibaba's quite interesting one that's been going around. It got hit with a two billion fine uh, this week, and the stock jumped about eight percent on the news. I think it's come back <laughs> down into a realistic value uh, valuation right now. But uh, yeah, why was why was it such good news? Does anyone have any theories on that? And where is Jack Ma? Is he so, still missing? Can we spot him on a <laughs> Uh He's not. He's not quite missing, he's missing in action. Quiet. He's more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's
2: more very very quiet. Well, here, here's a theory for why it went up because investors believe that that's the end of it. So they're thinking it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I mean, two point eight billion. You probably attribute that to your your marketing budget for the amount of <laughs> the amount of. Um,
1: I think it. I, revenue. I think it's did. about not. I think it's about one percent of their entire cash yeah so it's it's
2: quite yeah it's nothing isn't it so it's like a drop in the ocean so i think that that's why the stock went up initially was that people were thinking like is that it is that all you got um maybe now we're starting to realize that that might not be the end of it and and i think that flows back onto our 10 cent discussion that if you're breaking up barber you're gonna have to look at 10 cent because they're very similar in terms of their makeup so They're very, very big and dominant in the market.
1: Similar. I'd say Tencent is far bigger than Alibaba. Gaming. Because, you know, the reach it's got. And then Baidu. God, on top of that, Baidu is another one you've got to look at. Um, But, yeah, I'd say Tencent has a lot more fingers and a lot more pies than Alibaba does. Alibaba's got a lot, obviously. Uh, And it might be the quality of what Alibaba's got in comparison to Tencent, maybe. Tencent is much more gaming and mobile. And social, isn't it? Whereas Alibaba, yeah, Alibaba is pay, commerce, a lot more, you know, a lot more politically driven, maybe a lot more money in it as as well, which is why I'm in Alibaba. I've got about six or seven shares of Alibaba in the investor account, and I bought it on the news that Jack Ma went missing. I bought, decided this is... Thanks, Thanks, Jack. News thanks, Jack. Yeah. thanks for the voucher, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went. This is a short-term news article. This is a buy-the-dip moment, and so I bought a bit. It still hasn't. It's it's very up and down at the moment. It's it's not done the whole straight back up sort of thing like I expected it to do. But I've still got a lot of confidence. I've and uh, you know overall, I think it's undervalued as a stock anyway, uh, based on its. Um, Based on its,
0: uh... but that um that eight percent up on a large cap. It is a large cap, right? It's
1: not. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah.
0: It's not a mega large cap, is it? It's just yeah, probably. a yeah, max... oh, yeah, mega cost. Is it mega? Yeah. If it's a mega large cap, right? Eight percent on a mega large cap, and I'm there looking at the point of view of a small cap micro investor, right? I'm thinking, hang on a minute, <laughs> how the hell is this going up eight percent if it's such a massive company already?
2: the other actually i i spend a lot of time in steve w's dms trying to get him to guest companies (laughs) or buy things and one of the other things i've pointed out the other day was jd.com is trading at a trailing pe of 16 which just seems like it's sort of sort of bargain territory Uh, i think there's a lot of fear around china at the moment and if you're brave and you're right there is money to be made
1: is this is this another process thing? It's just basically it's not in the US, so no one's looking. I, no,
0: I think it's I think I think it's just this, the fact that the, the American government's meddling uh, with the China stocks as well. I mean, I was in China stocks as well. I was in neon of JD as well at one point when it was about sixty ish. I have no idea what it is now. I have no idea what it is now. Don't even tell me. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but even then. Um, I was discussing it on uh, on the Discord, and there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, what if they delist it? What happens then?" I'm like, you know what? I'm out, because if government gets involved, I, I, that's out of my control. That's got nothing to. I
1: think the delisting
2: is
0: just. It was. There was a scare at the time as well. I think
2: <laughs> uh, if we had direct access to that exchange, if we had direct access to a, a Shanghai exchange or something like that, a uh, Hong Kong exchange, I can't remember which one we trade on. I would be less worried about. US delisting, um, but because of the way they're structured in the US through the, the ADRs, um, you just sort of worry about how that would work in the event of a delisting and whether the banks would be as interested in upholding an ADR that's trading on an over-the-counter pink slip market.
1: Well, Alibaba is owned by a ton of pension funds and a ton of big money in the US. so. I think there'd be a lot of danger there, but you are right. Alibaba. I don't know. I don't exactly know how the ADR is structured on Alibaba, but I think we're all familiar with how uh, Neo's uh, structure is with the ADRs, and it's basically you don't own any no. of the company directly. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors um, with that ADR in the US. So I imagine Alibaba is something very similar. It's something you should definitely. If you're in Alibaba, it's definitely you should know about. Um, But I know I sadly don't um, right now. uh, I'll admit. I'm not in Alibaba,
3: (laughs) but I can help you here. It is the same, basically. I mean, it's a similar sort of kind of complicated arrangement of not actually owning things kind of directly. I mean, I'm not too worried about delisting for what it's worth, and I'm not sort of tremendously worried about kind of ADR concerns. The main reason I just haven't bought Alibaba is because... I just don't feel like I understand it as well as I understand stuff on the US side. I mean, I I can see in front of me the various things that it does and things that it has, and there are a bunch of interesting looking things that I sort of... The best I can do is say, oh, that's kind of like... That bit's kind of like a Chinese Amazon, or that bit's kind of like a Chinese uh, WhatsApp, or whatever, whatever, whatever. But I don't have the same feel that I have for WhatsApp, or Amazon, or anything like that at first hand. And the result is that I tend to let this kind of stuff get handled in my lifetime. I say where I basically just have a global V world fund uh, from Vanguard and get my exposure that way.
1: Fair enough. That's what that's what I was saying is. Um, well, I know we're talking about a lot of Chinese stocks today because uh, I think they are a bit hot. But yeah, I, I was just saying this uh, just prior to this podcast being started. I'm big on VFM. It has about. of my ISA now, Uh, uh, VFEM is the Vanguard FTSE Emerging Markets uh, ETF, Uh, and it's got all of them, Uh, at the top it's got Tencent, it's got JD, it's got Alibaba, all of those at the top, all roaming around 6% each, so that's my big exposure and I decided to expose a little bit more to Alibaba as well, just because. It is. It is very simple. It is the Amazon of uh, the China, the China space, and it's according to its sales, according to what it's saying, it does have an undervaluation in my eyes right now at two twenty, two forty. I think it's a. It's very much a buy in comparison to. I mean, let's say it like, Amazon's at three thousand. How far? It has to get somewhere in between three thousand and two forty, and you're making a big. You're making a lot of money there, and I think I, I think it. I think I didn't want to overthink this one too much. I think this one is more simple than people want to make it out. I think I'm, Alibaba is a lot more simple than um, the. the it, you could make it too complicated, mm-hmm. and you could paralyze yourself by analysis. I think it's as simple as it's an e-commerce giant, and it is undervalued. Simple as that. All right, I think we've ended, we've we've done as much as we can there. We've, this has been very stock heavy. We just uh, I don't know why, we just kind of came on today and just went, you know what, should we talk about a couple of stocks and just see where it goes and talk about earnings. So today uh, has been a slightly different one. We want to make this a little bit more personal. We want to kind of chat a little bit more about our lives and our investing lives going forward. So if anyone's got a question, have feel free to leave it on the comments of the youtube side you can see also hear this podcast on spotify apple google and the other one audible yeah that was it and um if you wanted to uh leave us a little like on the video and also a five star review on the podcast that would be amazing we're always trying to make this a little bit better we're almost always trying to see what we can do for this podcast and again thank you very much for watching and we'll see you next week
0: How many
2: own stocks How many